Monday the 23rd of February 2015 Appeal over missing schoolgirl. Concern is mounting over the disappearance of Bristol schoolgirl Becky Watts. The 16-year-old was last seen by her stepmother, Angie Galsworthy, four days ago after she returned to her home at Crown Hill St. George's following a night at a friend's house. Mrs. Galsworthy says she saw Becky at around 11.15am on Thursday and chatted with her before heading out. Becky's family and friends are growing increasingly worried as her disappearance is out of character. Her boyfriend Luke had been expecting to see her that day, but she didn't respond to his texts. Becky's mobile phone and laptop are missing too, but it appears she took no cash, clothes, makeup, or anything else that might suggest she was going away for any length of time. Today, her father, Darren Goolsworthy, and grandmother, Pat Watts, made a heartfelt public appeal for her return. Mr. Goolsworthy said, Becky, we just want you to come home. You're in no trouble at all. We just want to make sure you are okay. If you can, please give us a call or a text to let us know you are safe. We all love you and want you back home with us. Police are working with the family. They've released a photo and description of the missing girl and a social media campaign is underway with the hashtag FindBecky. The first time I peered down at my baby daughter Becky, my heart melted. She was a proper bundle of joy and cute as a button. As she gazed up at me from her cot, blinking rapidly to try to take in her new surroundings, I couldn't help but fall for her. At six pounds twelve ounces, she was tiny, but I soon discovered that she had a good set of lungs for a newborn and could silence a whole room with her cries. I adored Becky from that first moment, even though my feelings were tinged with uncertainty because I wasn't sure if she was really my child. Her mother and I had been in an on-off relationship that was veering towards off at the time she was conceived, but as Becky grew up she became more and more like her old man, so much so that it startled both of us at times. Her big hazel eyes were the same as mine, and as she got older she developed a lot of my mannerisms. The only difference between us was the fact that she was far better looking. I called her my beautiful Bex, because to me Becky really was beautiful inside and out. I was born and bred in Bristol and have lived here all my life. Some parts of the city aren't pretty, as I well know, because I've made my home in some of the roughest bits, but in Bristol I have a strong sense of belonging. Bristol folk are some of the kindest, most genuine and supportive people you will ever meet, and I am proud of the city's brilliant community spirit. I simply can't imagine living anywhere else. I was the first child in my family born on New Year's Eve 1963, when the Beatles were at number one with I Want to Hold Your Hand. I waited until 11pm to make an appearance, so my parents, John and Sue Galsworthy, were staring down at my scrunched-up face as the clock struck midnight and everyone else across the country was welcoming in the new year. The next day, they brought me back from Southmead Hospital to their two-bedroom terraced house in Easton, Bristol. At that time, Easton was one of the most deprived areas in the southwest, and it was multicultural, which was quite rare in those days. My family were among the only white people on our estate. Life in the 1960s in Bristol was quite tough for working-class people like us, and we had to struggle to make ends meet. My dad worked long hours as a machinist for a nuclear and defence engineering company, and my mum worked in a leather factory, then later became an auxiliary nurse at an old people's home. My little brother Lee was born on 15th of August 1966. 
when I was two and a half. We shared a room, and at first I quite enjoyed having a younger brother, but as he grew older he became a bit gobby, always getting himself into trouble with the other kids on our estate. Because I was the older one, I had to jump in to protect him, and I eventually got a reputation for enjoying a fight, all thanks to Lee. The 1970s was the decade of strikes, which led to power cuts and huge piles of rat-infested rubbish on the streets because the bin men weren't collecting it anymore. The economy was prone to inflation. It seemed as if every single time you went to the shops, prices had gone up. This led to workers demanding higher wages, which the government didn't want to pay, and as a result, the unions started to call for all-out strikes. Three-day working weeks were introduced as businesses were only allowed to use electricity for three consecutive days each week.